I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse. And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. People are already looking at this. This traffic is not your responsibility. <laughs> this traffic already exists. You can get your personality across and you can get your expertise across. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation, episode 25. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We would really love to hear what you think. For today's episode, we're chatting about how to repurpose content and build clout with media submissions, which may sound kind of confusing, but we promised our guest is going to break it down for you. But before we go any further and get into the business talk, Jesse, what are you drinking today? Today, I am going with a classic, the gin and tonic with a slice of lime. What's funny about gin is that I used to not like gin. In fact, I used to say it tastes like Christmas trees. I think you've said this before. Mm -hmm, I have, and whenever else I was drinking gin. But um, I've grown accustomed to it. My husband loves gin. And so um, it's just really light and refreshing. um, But you just have to be careful on how much you consume because it, <laughs> it adds up quickly. Packs a punch. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you should talk about like something that tastes like something else. I mean, I know it's made out of the, the berries, right? But I was I was listening to something recently and somebody was talking about not liking cilantro. Yeah, I don't like cilantro either. Does it taste like soap to you? It doesn't taste like soap. It just That's I, what people say. A lot I of people say. I can't do certain herbs. So cilantro, parsley, um, Ba- even strong basil I can't really it just mm. it's too much for me so Thai food is a no I can do t- certain if it's it's weird if it's if it's almost like a garnish I can't okay do it, okay if that makes sense or if no. I mean if yeah. sometimes if there's too much cilantro and like a salsa cilantro is really uh, just a, yeah it's tough for me yeah well today I am drinking one of those tea cocktails that I have had in the fridge for way too long because it's summer and nice. yeah, yes. it's, do it up. It's been beautiful. Well, especially since Ariel has been doing this thing lately where she's been getting into the fridge. Mm. And yeah, and there's there's this one water bottle that's um, she's still not quite drinking from like regular water bottles. She's still drinking from like, um, you know, her not sippy cups, but like cups. Yeah. And with covers on them. And um, so she's this is one water bottle it's like a traditional one where you take the cop off and everything she's, she's very into it because it's got mickey on it but the other day she picked up one of the the teas and i was like oh i should probably use those up and get those off the bottom yeah, just drink because them up. just have like <laughs> just a nice little them. mommy night exactly well now that we've established the important stuff mm-hmm. uh, we are excited to have alessandra polina on the show she is the founder of codable media company and P- uh, pr and media excuse me, a PR and media company working to elevate female entrepreneurs and business owners. She is going to break down how you can repurpose your content to build clout with media submissions. All right. Welcome, everyone. We have Alessandra Polina here with us today. She's going to be talking about repurposing content and building clout with media submissions. She is the founder of Quotable Media Co., a PR and media company working to elevate female entrepreneurs and business owners. 
After a few years in PR, she started her own agency in 2012, and then in 2016 founded the Female Millennial Entrepreneurs Boston Networking Group, which aims to bring like-minded entrepreneurs and business owners together for in-person connection and learning experience. We are so excited to have her here, and welcome, Alessandra, to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Um, so I think we have one very important question before we dive into it. Um, this is cocktails and content creation. So we must start off with what are you drinking? Oh my gosh. Well, you guys, first of all, I was very excited about this. I was like, we get to like have a conversation, have cocktails. It's like everything I've always wanted to do. And then the only time you guys had available was 11 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I have to take my son to the eye doctor right after this. So don't tell anyone, but I, I, so I'm having, I mean, I don't know if it counts as a cocktail, but it's really good. Actually, it's called Bravazzi and it's a hard Italian soda. So it kind of feels like you're just drinking soda, but it is hard. 4.2%. So I love it. You'll be fine today. Where did you? I found this at like the mark, my local market down the street. Okay. Yeah, I, they have like a website and Instagram. I looked it all up because it's like really cute too. Obviously, people it is yeah, cute. very Instagram. It ready. comes in different kinds. Like it was like a variety pack, with like four flavors. They're all delicious. It's kind of like almost. Um, I mean, I don't know. It, I mean, it's Italian soda. I guess people maybe know what that is like. It's kind of like almost like a. San Pellegrino, like sparkling Ugh, yum. drink, like not like the, not like a seltzer water, but like the juicy ones. Is, mm. I don't know. It sounds anyway, delicious. I'm really going to add it to my, my list thing for summer. This so. is the real reason why we started this podcast is to find yeah. out what, you know, what other people are drinking what so we drink can it. add to our, you know, dirty habits. Yeah. So far, I highly recommend my husband doesn't really like most like alcohol, like he won't drink like wine or anything. So like um, that was one of the, I was like, he, he probably like this. Like it's perfect for like out on the patio when it gets warm and stuff. And like, mm-hmm. yeah. And it, it is warm now. So yeah. T- so well, today, I, perfect. Yeah. So let's, so Jesse gave a short inter, you know, introduction of who you are and what you do, but let's hear it from you. What, is, what is your journey and what it is that you do? Um, yeah, so I have a PR agency and media company. Um, I started the, I started as a PR agency, you know, I, well, I still a PR company. I didn't call it an agency when it was like just me when I was first starting. Um, but cause yeah, I started it by myself I, almost nine years ago, which feels, wow. like, it sounds like it ha- that has to be untrue, but like, I'm pretty sure it's true. Um, which I guess does make sense because I did start it when I was 23 and I just turned 32. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a journey for sure. Um, and I built it, I definitely, um, built it up more in the last like four or five years, I would say, um, beyond, you know, the one woman shop that I was at the beginning, um, and building out the team, building more of an agency. And at the end of last year, we actually rebranded and added the media company part of the side of the media, like arm of things. Um, I'd had a podcast for almost two years at that point, I think at that point, and then wanted to also launch a magazine called, which is called quotable magazine, um, just to like have another platform for, for, as you kind of, I think said in the intro, like elevating female entrepreneurs. So that's like been our newest kind of venture as part of the company. And that's when we kind of expanded into calling it, um, you know, it's kind of half PR. Well, it's like three quarters PR agency and like a quarter media company with those, um, 
platforms. So we get to kind of be on both sides of things and it's really fun. Um, I don't know how much of the journey you really want me to go into, but that's kind of the the overview of, of what it's been. I love that. Um, I've actually, you know, for those of you listening, I know Alessandra, we've met in person. We're both in the Boston area. Actually, all of us are in the Boston area. And I can attest to your growth just in the brief few years I've known you. It's been really inspiring to see your business grow and then be part of your brand um, rebrand, you know, as as your photographer at, from that side of it. Um, but just also really inspiring to see you take on these new ventures. So that was really exciting. And I'm, I'm excited to see what you do in the future too. Thank you. Yeah. It's, I mean, it was a little crazy. I think, I guess, I guess in talking about the journey, I should mention, like I had my son, he just turned six. So I had him like at the very, in the first couple years of the business, which was like uh, just a lot, obviously. That is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> There's no. So I, that's why when I say like, I've kind of been like built, like I feel like I've been in like growth stage for just like the last, like, you know, four or five years, like after he was like, I couldn't, I really wasn't in that mindset for at least like his first year of life, I would say. And then after that, I was kind of like, yeah, let's go for it with like, you know, the business stuff and all of that, uh, everything there. So, um, so yeah, to hear you say that, like, I feel like that's definitely like kind of been like the trajectory is like the time during the time that I've known you. So to hear you say that is kind of cool because that has been, it's been definitely more intentional growth. In that yes. Trajectory. I've definitely seen that. So kudos, kudos on that. Thanks. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's been inspiring to just knowing you through Jesse. Jesse's talked about, you know, she told me about the female millennial entrepreneur, entrepreneurs group. And then she's like, Oh, yeah, and now she's, she's launching this magazine. And I've gotten to see all of the great pictures she's taken of you about, you know, for you for your company. You know, so one of the things we're talking about is repurposing content for media submissions. Yes. What are, you know, what, what are media submissions for those of us who are, who may be brand new to this world of media and PR? Yeah. So, so basically PR, like when we talk about PR, it's earned editorial coverage. So like you pitch something to a writer or a producer, an editor, and they write a story about it based on your information, or they do an interview with you, write a story. So that's really like earned media, which is what we mostly talk about in terms of like PR and like media outreach, media relations. But something that's been, you know, and so just to kind of reiterate that, because a lot of like a lot of people get are kind of don't under fully understand it. You don't pay for you never pay for anything like that. And anytime I talk about PR, it's earned media, which means like you're not paying to it's not, not pay to play. It's not a sponsored post. It's not something that you've put any money towards at all. It's something that the outlet itself or the platform itself thought was worth, you know, telling and like doing a piece about for their audience. So it's something that is gets there's the clout behind that platform. More and more um, these days, I feel like I mean I feel like it's kind of become a lot more popular that a lot of platforms will accept basically contributed content. So it's still there's still no payment involved or anything like that. But rather than pitching something to the writer or the editor, mm-hmm. you can actually like basically send them an article that you've written yourself, and they will put it, you know, put it out on their platforms, uh, you know, distribute it, however, you know, in the magazine or on the website, whatever it is. Um, And that is, 
I mean, honestly, it's mostly because that's a lot easier for them to produce because they're using content that they don't have to actually have a writer write it. They don't have as many writers these days. Writers don't have as much time these days. For, yeah. you know, for all of those reasons, there's a lot more opportunity for submitting basically an article or some kind of content yourself and then having them use it. So it's a little bit, I would say it's like a rung down as far as clout goes because people can see like, oh, she wrote this herself and like, it's, it's what she's saying, right. It's rather than like hearing it from the author, like from a writer who they're used to kind of, you know, following the news or information that this writer puts out. Then when they see something that that person puts out, they really kind of believe it, right. They want to look into it more. They're interested because they already kind of like have that no like, and trust with the writer. Yeah. So I don't know why you get like a lot of clout from like an article like that, but if they already have that no like, and trust for the platform itself or for the outlet itself, you still kind of get that clout to a certain extent because it's like, wow, they thought it was worth putting out there, right? They thought it was worth accepting this piece and sharing it. So you Mm -hmm. still kind of get that clout of appearing in a media outlet, but it can be a lot easier in some ways to actually get the article submit, like um, accepted and get it, get it put out there because you're writing it yourself. And if they accept contributed submissions, um, it's a lot easier for them. So a lot of times they'll just, they'll say, yeah, we'll take it. Like we'll put it up there. So that's what I'm talking about when it comes to submitted um, content or like contributed posts, contributed articles. They're kind of, that's all the same thing. So that's what it's looking like when you're writing something yourself, submitting it, and then they're going to, you know, post it or include it on their platforms. So yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say to, 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 build on that why so as a business owner when I was first starting out the last thing I like would think about is media submissions anyways or PR I guess I was more focused on just getting my content out myself directly Mm -hmm. through my audience through my own channel so how do these media submissions whether they're contributed content or written by the outlet itself um, why are they so important from your perspective? I, I think our audience could really benefit from understanding how PR and yeah. these types of um, media outlet and content and articles can help their business and grow their business. Yeah. Well, and that's such a good point because I feel like so many people are kind of in that same boat or, you know, and it's like, or it's like, oh, I don't, wouldn't even know the first thing about like submitting something or pitching to media. But the thing is, if you're already creating all that content, like that's why I thought it was a great topic to talk about today. So many people are already spending so much time and effort creating great content. Yeah. Getting distributed to the people who already know them. Like that's, and so that's the major difference when you're Content, putting your own content on your own direct marketing mm-hmm. channels, you're only reaching the people who have already chosen to follow you. So it's the people mm-hmm. who already know you or the people who already are customers or clients or have somehow found you and decided to already join your community. They're already on your email list or they're following you on social media. And you're not, you know, of, of course, to a certain extent with like hashtags and, you know, maybe doing some kind of like collaborations on Instagram mm-hmm. or something like you can reach, you can go beyond your immediate followers for like a post here and there to a certain extent. And that's great. But your email list is only going to the people on your email list um, or your, your email newsletter is only going to the people on your email list. Your website's only going to the people who are choosing to look at your website. Um, when you go through, when you do real media outreach or try to, you know, work with the media in any way, whether it's through, you know, pitching earned media, like, um, 
you know, try and get editorial, like I first talked about, or pitching uh, your own submission, you're getting on two platforms that hundreds and thousands of people are looking at every day because they like to look at this platform, like because they go to this website or because, you know, a lot of times these days, because they follow them, that platform on social media and they share, you know, the articles or the content um, in that way. So people are already looking at this. This traffic is not your responsibility. (laughs) This traffic already exists. And you like, obviously people are looking at it because otherwise the platform would, would not be in business. Like they wouldn't exist. Right. So you know that that's true. You know, there are people seeing this stuff. Um, but yeah, it just opens you up to go so far beyond your exist, your current audience and gets you in front of thousands more people in, you know, one day. And hopefully if you do it right, you're going to interest them in, in who you are. You can get your personality across and you can get your expertise across. Those are kind of like the two, I think, biggest and best things about about it um through your article especially when you do a submission because you know again even if like somebody interviews you and they are writing the article themselves I mean hopefully some of your personality can come through but when you're actually writing a piece yourself like it's written in your own words like people feel of who you are and get a sense of feeling like they know you so and again they're already finding you from a platform that they already have that know like and trust factor with so it's basically just like cuts through, I would say like a lot of those steps or a lot of the time that might otherwise have to take place between someone first seeing you and choosing to actually like sign up for your email list or buy your thing or whatever it is, because they've already kind of skipped to that feeling that they know you and they already, or they already trust you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, the number one thing is just getting in front of those audiences. Cause that's what people always say, right? Like, I feel like I'm doing all the things I'm doing social media every day. And I still feel like I'm just not getting, like, if more people knew about what I was doing, I would have so many clients or customers because I know people need my thing, right? Yeah. And and this is how you get in front of the people who either already know, either already know that they need your thing, but, but don't know where you are, like wouldn't come across you somehow, or they don't even know that like your service exists. But like, once they read about it or see something about it, they're like, oh my God, that's exactly what I need. And like, if they hadn't seen your your piece about it, they might not even know it was like a thing that existed or a thing that they could take part in. So those are, sorry, I get, I'm like too excited about it. But no, <laughs> love it. Love no, passion. no, you realize how good this is. No, that makes, so the way you explain that just like, it makes total sense. It and makes it, so yeah. much sense. And I, I, I knew, I know what you do and I, and I know what your services are, but putting it in that that very simple broken yes. down, like, oh, it just opens the door beyond your existing network and channels. So yeah. So that yes. that's very, very insightful. I feel like people no. understand marketing to a certain extent. And you have to like, like especially as like solo business owners or like entrepreneurs, like you understand the concept of all these like marketing things, but don't often like people don't often realize that PR is like a part of that or like, but like, if you use kind of those terms and the, you know, that way of explaining it, it's like, oh yeah, this totally fits into my marketing plan or my marketing funnel and like should be part of it. Like no brainer. Well, speaking of like a marketing plan. So now we know what it is. We know why it's important. How would one go about you kind you kind of touched on it slightly. How much how would one go about repurposing content like a blog post, an Instagram post, a YouTube video, or a webinar to create a media submission? Are there specific steps that 
you know, you follow at Quotable Media or like, is there an industry line that we need to be following? I think, I mean, I think it depends on your creative process. Cause I mean, as, as with any content, the best content is something that you're actually going to have like done, right? Like that you're actually mm-hmm. going to create yeah. and not get too caught up in like what it should be or how it should look or something. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you keep putting it off. Cause you're like, actually that feels like it's going to take too much time or it's too daunting. Um, and different people will want to do it different ways. Cause when you're repurposing something, it's like, basically you already have some something, you have some kind of content or something about some topic. And so what makes the most sense to turn it into an article. I would say the first thing to do is find some of these outlets that you want to be featured mm-hmm. on because they do sometimes they'll have different guidelines, right? So you do need to make sure that if you want to be in a certain on a certain website, say, um, that you're gonna submit something that makes sense for that website. So the most important thing to think about is who are their audiences and what kinds of pieces they actually share. You know, some people might, some places might only share like maybe it looks like they share a ton of like bulleted articles, like something just like quick actionable tips. Um, or you might like the platform you're looking at, they might share more like long form articles where like, you know, that looks like they're all like 2000 words or more or something like that, or, um, you know, depending whatever it is, or it, maybe it has to be like third person or first person. Like maybe they don't want it to be too like personable because they want it to feel actionable to readers. So the first thing I would do is look at where you actually want to get it placed. And also, see if they have guidelines already listed. But when it comes to actually what to do the content, I would say, um, you know, again, it depends what it is. Like if it's a video, I would first almost like transcribe the whole video, not, or not the whole thing, but, you know, kind of write it down into words. Cause that's what you're going to need to do anyways, is have it as a written piece. So mm-hmm. maybe transcribe, um, the main points of the video. So you have that written down and that could be like the bulk of your piece. Um, and then, you know, adding an intro conclusion so that it reads more like an article. Cause I think sometimes like we jump right into video. So like if there wasn't really so much, like you might need to like set it up a little bit more to make it more like an article than, than you would, if you were like popping onto an Instagram live or something like that. Um, or even a, or even a YouTube video, um, just so that, you know, like so you read through it and you're like, okay, this actually like makes sense as an article with a clear intro or beginning and then like the actionable middle and then the end. Um, if it's like an Instagram post, I mean, that totally depends. Some people do really long form Instagram posts with like bullets mm. and everything. And, and that's where I think they're as long as blog posts, some of them, easy, you know, right. It could almost already be an article. And if it's <laughs> not, then just take those bullet, like you maybe have like a couple bullets about certain things and expand upon them with a couple more sentences to kind of expand yeah. like what that what that point was. And then again, kind of like, you know, check the intro and um, conclusion to make sure that it like makes sense as an article too. But I feel like that's all, that's really like the main thing is take what you have and either, you know, shorten it. Cause if for a video, I feel like you probably need to shorten it to make it uh, article length. And for like a social post, you might need to basically expand on some of it. Um, but that's really like what it would be, I would say. Um, and, and the other thing that I would say too, is like, if you're going to do this, I think you can often make multiple articles about each piece of content. So like, if you have one great video or one great, um, Instagram post or webinar or whatever, you know, kind of thing you're, you're working with, think about how you can use that same content, like not even just repurposing this content for a submission, but repurposing this into multiple other pieces of content that can all be submitted. So maybe you can like make one video. Um, once you break down kind of the bullets or the main points, maybe you can make it be like one piece that's kind of like a three ways 
to do this or that, right? And it's kind of like a bullet with three of the three of the things. Or you can also make it into like a how I created this thing. And like you're using the same kind of information or like how I do this thing. And it's the the same kind of information, but just written in a different way. So you're not breaking it down as bullets. And then you like, you know, tweak the intro a little bit. Um, so you're talking you, more about um, like repurposing just in general, not necessarily specifically for media content. Well, that's true. But no, I'm thinking about stuff, like something oh. that you could submit as like an article on Twitter. Yeah. Okay, great. But yeah, I mean, it's the same thing for, yeah, it's the same thing for anything. I feel like people are already used to kind of hopefully <laughs> repurposing some of their content. Like if you do a blog post and then, you know, repurposing it as a couple of different social media posts, it's really the same yeah. mindset. It's just like, how can I take the same information, break it down to kind of like the bare bones, like points, and then put them back together to be like a three different articles with slightly different like angles to them. Like you could do you know, again, like the three ways to do this. And then, and you could do um, like what I know about repurposing content and like have a really personal kind of one that you can do in first person, like just writing it kind of differently um, for different platforms. And then you can use the same, the same content for like multiple submissions. I think, does that, does that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. I'm yes. not like here's step nope. one, step two, here's step three, but no, I think I think some of it is really straightforward, but I think the idea of, you know, your points about, um, you know, considering the outlet itself and doing a little mm-hmm. bit of research to understand who their own audience is, because the last thing you want right. to do is just even though repurposing content can be fairly easy, it's still yeah. time that you're investing. So you don't want to submit something that isn't right. going to reach the right audience for mm-hmm. you. So like if and there's no ex- no guarantee that they're going to accept it if it if it isn't kind of fitting with their audience. So yeah, you don't want to put the time and then like they don't take it because you didn't take the time to make exactly. sure. Exactly. No, I think right. that's I think that's really important to to do. And that you know yeah. doing you know articles or features or you know to to you want to make sure it's going to ultimately like if the, even if they do accept it and then you accept it, but their audience just isn't you know gonna benefit you anyways there's you know you have to think about it that way like just getting published is great because you're getting your name out there but if it's being seen and heard and read by people that you know maybe it's a waste of time exactly waste of your time waste of space in their outlet you know possibly yeah you wanted to resonate with the people that you actually want to like find it and then fall in love with you yeah so you want to make sure that the way that yeah what you're putting out there to a certain audience is something that of course like touches on the expertise that you want them to be finding out about and like makes sense for what they're interested in learning more about or like needing. Um, mm-hmm. But that's assuming that your content, you know, if you're putting it out on like Instagram, it's already something that is something that you want people to, you know, that's showcasing your expertise in the way you want. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Like it can, and it can be easy to fall into a trap of being like, oh, like there, I see this opportunity for like any exposure like, is great exposure, but it, right. And you know what? And we didn't even touch on this, but like when it comes to like SEO and coming up on a Google search and just seeming like you're well known and like people are talking about you and including you and stuff, like to a certain extent, sometimes that can be part of somebody's strategy. But I agree for an actual, like, you know, to actually fit into your marketing strategy and bringing in the people that you, want to either become like a customer or a client. I agree. Like 99% of the time you want to make sure that it's like, makes sense that there's like, <laughs> that there's like a reason that you're in this article and getting this article out in front of these people. Yeah. 
Well, that's interesting that you mentioned search engines. So I know we had a question about, um, you know, repurposing content, let's say you repurpose it, you know, and it's going to show up in an article here, and then maybe mm-hmm. it's a blog post somewhere else. Um, you know, do do search engines actually like dock you if you like copy? I mean, yeah, because I've heard that before. You know, I'm not an SEO person expert at all. I don't know that okay. much about SEO side of things. I just know like generally people, you know, links from good websites are generally good. I would say a lot of most, most, not all, but a lot of outlets want something to be totally original. So, you know, totally original does not mean it can't be the same general idea else, but I wouldn't necessarily use the same wording anywhere. Like I would want almost all of it to be like pretty much new, new writing, but I would say like, they're not going to like see if you have something on your social media, but I wouldn't necessarily like just send the same blog post that you've already published on your site and send Mm -hmm. it to somewhere else. There are some, they're usually pretty clear about it. Um, There are definitely places that will accept a blog post that's already been somewhere else. Um, But I would not necessarily do that. I mean, just, just for, you know, the sake of getting, getting accepted. Like I would try to offer something that's as unique as possible. Yeah. Um, and again, it's still, you can use the same content, even if the, some of the same bullets are like almost the same. I think that's fine. As long as like it, as a whole, the article is different, but again, I'm not an SEO person. So I don't want to say this. Like if you have a sentence or two that are like the same that you've used in different stuff, I don't know how that affects your SEO from a PR and a marketing standpoint. I think having certain messaging that you're known for is a good thing. Um, so if yeah. there are certain ways that you do phrase, like how to do something that you do, I would think, Again, just from a marketing standpoint, I I think that could be good. I don't know what that means in terms of like docking you on um, on Google. So we'd have to ask somebody else. But I would say, um, um, oh my god, I totally forgot. Let's just I would, yeah. I mean, I I think it makes sense. I mean, you you wouldn't. I I've actually been asked to you know almost hot like people will email me I don't even know who these people are half the time and they'll say oh can we like share one of your blog posts and you know Mm -hmm. I'll like dig a little bit deeper and find out who it is and and most of the time I'm just like I don't even respond because it just feels like it's just spam there are shady Um, things people do for like SEO things I think and yeah I don't really know all of that either yeah I know what you mean. Like if they're, if they just want to like post something just to post it, like somewhere. I've had people email me articles that like make no sense, like, and not even like to, for my magazine, like just to like, even my old email address, which still gets forwarded to my new one. And I'm like, obviously you're not even paying attention to what I'm doing. There's like, can I get something posted on your blog? And it's like an article. Yeah. It's very strange. It's like, I don't know what the motive is behind it. I have no idea. So I usually just ignore that. Yeah. Yeah, That's not really the same. And I don't really know why, what people's strategy is there. Well, that being said, so, so if you're repurposing something, right? And you bring it to a magazine or any kind of outlet. And, you know, you are obviously expecting, I mean, other than getting your name out there, you are usually expecting some kind of compensation, right? Is, would it, like, as someone who has their own magazine, you know, would you offer someone less because of the fact that this is kind of already content that's been created and they're just kind of reworking it. Is that how that works? You will almost never be compensated for a contributed article. Well, there you go. I've never, I've never had an instance where it's, it's really their 
they see it as like they're doing you a favor um, mm-hmm. to let you share your stuff. You well, know? I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. I, in fact, well, I mean, I don't want to bash something, but I found this website recently where I thought it was going to be a great outlet. It was like all about like women entrepreneurs and like totally up my alley and something that I thought would make great sense for my client when I yeah. where they wanted you to pay to submit an article. And like, I've seen pay to play all the time in terms of like pay to get like yeah. posts or to get written about, but they actually wanted you to write an article. Like I've never, I haven't really seen it that much for like actually submitting the content yourself. And I was like, people should be getting paid for their writing, not yeah. pay to get their writing on a website. Anyway. Um, yeah, you will almost not ever get paid for that. It's that you're trying to get your name out there and you're getting that exposure mm-hmm. personally for my magazine. We're also not paying for um, contributions right now, but it is actually my long-term goal to be able to compensate people for their work. Um, because I do want to get really good, high quality, original journalism as like in our magazine. Um, and I know that that is worth that is worth people's time and, and efforts and energies. Yeah. And you want to be able to offer that. But um, for like what I, what I'm usually working with for clients and what the people that I work with um, are doing, there's not usually any compensation. So it's really just because you want to, you know, and that's, it's, it's basically earned media again, like you're. Well, it's like coming on this podcast, you know? Yeah. It's the same thing as a podcast. It's an opportunity. Right. And you're getting yourself out there. You're getting again, that yeah, that chance to be, to be featured on their publication, get their URL (laughs) and get the, get their eyes on your stuff. So, yeah. So, okay. So now let's say you've, you've decided I'm going to add this to my marketing plan. I'm going to start, Mm -hmm. you know, creating repurposing content for contributed articles on various outlets. What sort of things need to be, you know, submitted or included? I know you've talked about having like a media kit. Is that something people need in addition to like writing their article? Mm. Can you just talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, again, I would say always check the guidelines of this, of the site itself, because they are sometimes do require different things. You don't usually need a media kit for like submitting an article. Usually I would say like, if you're going to, if you're planning to do this, I would have ready in addition to the piece itself, like a short bio, um, and a headshot. Most of the time they won't use like an, an image, but they, they might, um, sometimes I would say those are like the two things that outlets sometimes request as you're, um, submitting and maybe an image to go with it, but usually they won't use your own image. They'll usually find, um, they do that, you know, themselves or some other way. Um, but having something on hand, like an image that kind of illustrates in some way, your article can be helpful. Um, but that's really it. You don't usually need to like submit a whole media kit. Sometimes you need to kind of pitch the article a little bit to set it up. I mean, and because it, it depends to again, check the guidelines because sometimes they say submit the ready to go piece, you know, and that's what we do for quotable magazine too, because to be honest, someone can pitch something amazing, but if, if they're going to be writing it themselves, there's no way of knowing that it's actually going to come out. You know, it could be a great story, but right. like, I don't know what their writing is like. So I can't say yes. I can't say yes. I'd love to use that piece. And I can't in good conscience even ask them to to spend the time writing it if I don't know that I'm going to use it. Like I don't want somebody to waste their time. So a lot of times outlets will specify, you know, submit the completed piece. Um, but sometimes they don't. And sometimes they sometimes they don't specify, or sometimes they do specify, you know, submit a pitch, like pitch us what the article will be, give us a little outline of what it would be about and how it will help our readers. So then 
you know, that's just a couple of sentences. So you could have that kind of put together for, you know, the different topics that you want to talk about as well. Um, so again, you got to check the guidelines to see, to see what makes sense for this outlet. But usually it's either a short pitch of what the, you know, background of what the article is. And part of that will be also like, you know, a sentence or two about like your background of like why you're someone who can talk about this and you can use, you know, link to your website or some um, other pieces that you've written elsewhere that kind of can help illustrate like your expertise and your writing style. Um, but usually it's the the piece itself and like a bio of yourself. Now I have one, I have one last question that I know wasn't in, actually in our outline here, but I was thinking as you were talking, so say you have an awesome idea for a piece and you reach out to, you know, to quotable media and, you know, you're a very busy woman and they don't hear. And so they decide like next day or two days later, they want to, they try to submit it to another um, magazine or whatever. How, like, how would you go about that in That's terms of, question. yes. I I just was thinking of that. I think I jotted down to mention this too, because that's a really good question. And people always wonder. Um, And because, yeah, it goes right back to the original content. I think I probably meant to mention it about that. You don't want to submit the same thing to multiple places. Right. No, because yeah, you don't want to submit it one place and they accept it or they don't say anything. And then you submit it somewhere else and they accept it. And then the first place accepts it. And then you're like, I just kind of overextended myself Mm -hmm. because, because, and to also touch on that for one more second, like it's not even just that they want original content, but like, honestly, the more different information you can get out there again about the same topic, but like something that might resonate with different people, different ways, like it's better for you to be able to show that you have two different articles out there. It's two different things for people to look at. Maybe they're interested in one and then they'd also be interested in the other. And it kind of helps drive home the same points, but like in a different way. So the more, like, I think having different content out there is better. Um, again, like different content, even if it's on the same topic. Um, but yes, also they probably don't want to, to publish the same thing that's already been published. So that is why I think I kind of like glossed over this before, but that is why I kind of recommend trying to come up with almost like three different or, or a couple, you know, whether it's two, whether it's four different ways to kind of use that same piece of content in different different articles that you'd write and then submit different ones to different places, you know, hopefully depending on their readership and their outlet. Like, as we said, like the same exact piece might not even work for more than one place, but I mean, I also know sometimes, you know, sometimes there are like, they're like this exact piece would be good for two different websites. I would wait, I would submit it one time. Um, And again, you might be able to have some sense based on their guidelines. Like sometimes the guidelines will say like, we'll let you know within two weeks, if we're going to submit your piece. And then you're like, okay, I'll submit to that one first. Cause it sounds like I'll know within two weeks. Whereas like maybe this other one also looked perfect, but they didn't specify if, you know, sometimes they say we receive a lot of submissions and we'll let you know if it will be published and they won't necessarily let you know if it won't be published. So you're like, well, I could wait for three months and not, you yeah, know, maybe you're hanging out in limbo. Ready to publish it. Yeah. So in that case, I would like, if, if you really want to submit like the same thing twice, I would really still stagger it and, and try to go somewhere that you think, um, you might hear back from faster. And then, if you, if they say no, or you don't hear back, then try another, but yeah, I would recommend kind of like building this into your marketing plan. Cause it might not be the kind of thing where you sit down and submit to 20 places tomorrow. You might want to kind of make a plan and be like, okay, I'm going to repurpose this topic content on one topic, have three different pieces that kind of makes sense for these three different outlets, submit those. Cause they're all different, right. This month. And then maybe next month, if I don't hear back from one of those, I can take that same content and like push it out again. 
Um, so yeah, I would say plan to spend a little time with it or, or to repurpose just to a little, you know, a little more, a little bigger of an extent so that they're slightly more different. Yeah. That's a lot of sense. I, um, I, it's a great question that you added Kate, because I think, um, yeah, that's really important. Others probably have that. Well, as somebody who loves to write and who has submitted to things and then you don't hear back and you're like, Mm -hmm. and it can be really discouraging. (sighs) Yeah. And then you really do want to submit it somewhere else because you're like, well, I made this great piece that people need to read. Yep. And and I would say, you know, and that's the, there's always like the fine line too of like, if they had no specification on when you'd hear back, like how long do you wait before trying somewhere else? Um, and there's like, I feel like there's no right answer, but like if I waited more than two months, like I would definitely submit somewhere else. Yeah. I think probably maybe if you waited like a month but like, you know, knowing that a lot of publications plan at least a month out, you know, I feel like you have to get, you have to wait a like a, a fairly long amount of time. Mm-hmm. They might have their kind of like planning meeting on like, you know, the 15th of the month and like maybe you submitted on the first, they won't even be looking at it until the 15th and then they'll be planning, you know, let's plan between now and the next, you know, June 15th or whatever the next month is. So it's like, you might be waiting more than a month and a half before you even know if it was going to go up, if it's not even the kind of place that tells you before, like sometimes they'll just post it and then be like, here's your piece. You know, they might not even tell you after the planning meeting that it's planning to go up a month from now. So I feel like you have to wait a certain amount of time, which I know can be really tough, but. (laughs) That's good information for our listeners who are, who may be considering submitting stuff and who knows, maybe submitting to quotable media. When is the next available issue going to be coming out? Do we think? Well, we've just put out, um, the current issue. So people can still like buy that, but I know by the time this goes live, I think there will be, there should be an issue coming out in July. So I think that will be the most relevant one for people listening to this. Um, but you can always check out the website. We, we just started doing subscriptions, um, this month, but, um, you can always like go in at any point in time and either subscribe or buy an issue. Um, even if like it technically was sent out like a week or two, a week ago or two weeks ago because we only put them out every two months. And I want to make sure people still can get it, <laughs> even if they didn't find out about it until like a month later. Um, so yeah. Cool. And Jesse was in the last one, so yes, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> much. yeah. Honestly, the the magazine is our magazine is like so reliant on contributed pieces, and my whole intention with it was to help people get that platform so that they can be like look, mom, I was in a magazine. Well, I can't take full credit. Kate did help me write that. So again, kind of repurposing my content, helping, um, helping get some great information out. And Kate was a big help with that. And I don't want to discourage people too. Cause like it can take time, but like literally you could submit to, there are certain places you could submit to tomorrow and like they'd publish it by the end of the week. So like some are very quick. I'm not really one of those because I'm pretty, I'm like on one where I'm like, please bear with me. Cause I only, you know, check the magazine email inbox every couple of weeks. Cause it's, you know, there's just a lot else going on. You got a lot going on. <laughs> so I hate, and I hate to do that. I try to get back to people as fast as possible. Oh, I know what we can well, see how we, busy you yeah, are. Yes. So where, okay, so we can, we can definitely wrap this up because we know you are so busy. Where can people find more about the magazine and um, about you? your firm? Um, well, they can find 
everything on quotablemediaco.com. The magazine is called Quotable Magazine and it's you can find it on the website. There's a link right on the first page, but it's quotablemediaco.com slash quotable dash magazine. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Quotable Media Co. We share stuff you know, relevant to the magazine on there, share stuff relevant to my podcast, share stuff relevant to, you know, what we're doing for our clients from the PR agency. So you kind of get to see, you kind of get to see everything um, from there and all the behind the scenes information on when we're working on the next magazine, things like that. So awesome. As much as we can. Well, this has been an amazing um, interview and thank you so much for your time and your expertise. And I'm so excited to get the next issue of the magazine. Me too. Yeah. Well, have a wonderful rest of your day and thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that was another amazing interview. I I always love chatting with Alessandra. I mean, I know her personally and Mm -hmm. we've, met in person living in the Boston area but she her just her story is just really inspiring and I always love following her work um but she is one busy lady she's super super busy and she's done so much from you know starting her own firm to now the magazine and Mm -hmm. you know really just being part of the you know movement to elevate female entrepreneurs um but what I really liked right off the bat was how she broke down you know what PR and media media submissions are and Mm -hmm. how they actually grow your biz I never really thought about it because you know traditional marketing you're just putting out information to your existing audience but with you know uh, media submissions and you know going to outlets to get some of your pieces either you know whether it's contributed content or they're going to write a piece on you it's actually going to help you reach an audience that isn't already in your world that Mm -hmm. and that's kind of you want to continue to grow your audience so that's that I thought that was really great that she broke it down so simply yes I I, you know it's it's almost like networking in a way getting your voice heard by yeah people who haven't necessarily been like I you know I have my blog so I've got my own little followership but you know, writing a piece, like I wrote a piece for um, Chelsea Mars's Royal Horizon Media. You know, I've done things for Career Girl Daily, like getting your name out there is always a great thing. One of the things though, that I, I've never actually repurposed content though, when I've like sent something out to somebody else, like I might, you know, repurpose my own content for my own purposes. Like I might take a blog post and repurpose parts of it for my Instagram, like she was talking about, or, um, you know, I might go the other way. Um, but I've never submitted to another publication, you know, an, an idea that I've already had. It's always mm-hmm. kind of been just, you know, assigned to me. So um, this was a whole new concept. And I love the idea of repurposing it because, I mean, if you've already got that great idea, why reinvent the wheel? But I, I am glad she kind of added that disclaimer about how you can't just resubmit something that's already been published word for word. You know, you still need to do that work. Um, So it's not just like an easy pass, I think. And I think that that was an important, um, you know, especially with the title of this this episode, I think that was a really important distinction that we made, that it's not just, you know, send in something you've already written. Right. And to that point, I think it's really important when you start thinking about where you're submitting to, looking Mm -hmm. at the outlet, their submission guidelines, if they have those available, or the guidelines on how to you know, what they're interested in, in as far as content or who their audience is, because 
to your point, if you're going to repurpose content, you actually could do that with a different spin based on who their audience is and how they're going to, you know, who's reading their articles. So Mm -hmm. again, not taking it word for word and republishing something that you've already had published, but repurposing that. But I also thought it was just really important to, to keep that in mind. And it seems pretty obvious to look at the guidelines of what they're looking for, but, um, but it will also help tailor your writing when you're repurposing something that you've already done. Well, and I think it's it's also, it's kind of interesting because I've never actually thought about this before, but the podcast, our podcast is kind of like a way for people to come on and repurpose their content to our, you know, th- this is, this is, you know, Alessandra was one of the people that had this kind of idea to talk about and whether she's talked about it or not, she's still obviously talking about something that she's thought about quite a bit and bringing it onto the show. We've had people who have written books on the topics that they come on the show and talk about. They're not reading their book word for word. They're discussing the concepts involved mm-hmm. in it. Exactly. Um, so it's like, it's interesting to think that a podcast is kind of another way to repurpose content. Exactly. Yep. Um, so in that, with that being said, thank you so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. Make sure to join our Facebook group, Cocktails and Content Creation Community, and leave us a comment on what you would like us to talk about. We could repurpose some more content there. You can follow us on Instagram at, at, at Cocktails and Content Creation. We'd love it if you'd also re- leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. I'm Kate Andrews, and you can follow me on Instagram at FashionablyKateAndCo. And I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman Photos. Or if you are a photographer wanting to learn more about brand photography, you can follow at the brand photographer method. Make sure to tune in next time for another great episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. Until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creating. Mm-hmm.